0: Okay, Um, I want to talk about a very specific strategy um, for a specific type of league and draft. So the auction draft strategy for a head-to-head league, um, which I think is fairly common. Um, But the idea is Basically, drafting in such a way that your top talent is better than anyone else's, your absolute top, your four or five best players. And um, the second component is that the rest of your roster is very, very flexible, meaning um, uh, they're more like uh, B minus, C plus, C players, um, such that you can drop them and pick up new ones. They're not too good to drop. Um, and, and that flexibility, um, uh, I'll talk about. So let me talk about that first. Um, well, you know what, let me talk about the, the, the strategy as it pertains to the, the top talent first, and then I'll get to the flexibility. So my strategy, um, and I've used it, is in an auction, okay? If you see four or five, and pretty much every year there are standout, dominant, A plus players, um, I would, um, I guess you could you could say overpay for them. By overpay I mean if you have 300 bucks and a 22 22 roster spots, uh, I would identify Max Scherzer, um, a. You know manny machado is kind of because he can be shortstop or third base and he's starting to steal bases now i would say he's he's in that list of people i would pay um a lot for so max scherzer uh you got what you call that short manny machado stolen base and, and power machine and jose ramirez a second base or a third base eligibility um uh, even maybe a verlander because he can really tally up some strikeouts uh definitely Definitely over nine, I think it's probably over 10 per nine innings, um, but you get the idea. Uh, guys like that, four or five of those guys. and if I had 300 bucks in a draft auction, I would literally spend sixty bucks um, for, for, uh, for each one of them. And usually they go around you know 45, something like that. If someone really wants a player. When everyone, you know, if, if the first guy thrown out there is Max Scherzer, and someone really wants Scherzer, sometimes they'll spend 50. Uh, but that's an over, over. Uh, that's rare. Um, I would pay 60. Okay, I really would, and 60 will definitely get you those guys in any league. Um, and here's why. Okay, and, you know, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit, but the benefit of of getting Max Scherzer and Machado and Jose Ramirez and let's say Mookie Betts, okay. Um, is is more than just having their talent, but initially it's their top talent. Your top four uh, best players will contribute to categories uh, better than anyone else's in the league. Okay, your, your, your top four or five players that you drafted. But, okay, what goes into that $60 value is that the rest of your 18 roster spots, okay, um, because you've spent maybe 240 bucks or 200 bucks out of your 300 on four players, the rest of your 18, um, logically and naturally, will have to be, you know, uh, B-minus players at best, really, um, and uh, more more likely C-plus players. Sorry, I'm trying to drag my dog. I'm going for a walk here, right near traffic. So. The value, the, 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 the part of uh, the value, the valuation of $60 for Max Scherzer and those four guys is that the rest of the guys are, are uh, not that good, <laughs> which, which I, I get it, doesn't make sense. But, okay, they're not that good, and because they're not B-plus players, they're able to be dropped and um so such that uh, you can uh have um let's say 10 droppable players cuz they're not that good okay and you can pick up um you can drop them and pick up other players um which meet the needs sorry <laughs> which meet the needs um of where you need to compete better for that particular week and that particular um, opponent, okay? So um, let me clarify that a little bit more and give examples, and then I'll talk about the alternative, basically having a team full of B-plus players, okay? And why that's bad. So why it's good and why you pay 60 bucks for Max Scherzer and uh, part of that 60 bucks... Uh, is is you have uh your other players aren't that great why that's good let's say you're you just got finished with a week or whatever and you did fine whatever the next week you're going up against a guy who has uh you know a high stolen base and run and average and OBP right stuff like that like like significantly high you can compete, but you're not that good. You're more of a, a power guy this week or whatever. Uh, what what I suggest doing, okay, is uh, now matching up and trying to get um, uh, dropping some of those players. Let's say uh, I can't really think of a great player, but like dropping kind of a B-minus player who can hit 30 home runs and bat 260 okay, in favor of, uh, picking up a bench guy, like, uh, I always talk about the lineout de shields or Billy Hamilton or something like that. Um, in a way that you can compete better, um, against that, that particular opponent. Okay. And here's the deal. Here's the distinction. If you can't, if you, if that guy's just going to blow you away, regardless of what you do, or you don't have enough flexibility. Um, to to match up well against him, um, then you don't don't try uh, because any effort and expenditure toward a category that you will likely uh, or or you know more than fifty percent likely lose uh, is totally totally wasted. Punt on that category, but that's a separate conversation. So so uh, so here's the alternative um, to my strategy and this is what uh my strategy i think is better than this which is i think what most people do generally you try to get uh, you know a couple a players or whatever but generally maybe you got two a players and then you have 18 b b plus players uh and you got a couple b minus players okay so let's say you got um andrew miller in his prime um uh david robertson uh, Zach Britton, Batansis. You got a whole bunch of guys. You're in a, a holds league. Uh or a league where they have holds and, and saves and whip and an ERA and, and strikes per walk-out. Uh was strikes per uh strikeouts per walk ratio. And you got let's say five or six of those guys. Um let's say you got about six or seven and some are gonna get saves and some are gonna get uh 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 it, uh holds. And you're going to dominate or, or likely do very well in uh, the other areas. But, okay, um, you're now up again, and, and you can't drop those guys. You're not going to drop Andrew Miller. You're not going to drop David Robertson, okay, because they're too good. They're B-plus players, sometimes A, okay. Um, but you're going up against a guy in this next week <clears throat> who, let's say, I didn't plan this, so let me think, bear with me here. But you're going up against somebody who, hmm. Has, uh, uh, shoot, um, no holds guys, um, no saves guys. Um, and he, so he, he's punting on those two categories, but he does have, let's say a Justin Verlander, um, a, uh, I don't, know you know, it's a B plus kind of pitchers, four or five other B plus kind of pitchers, Zach Greinke, Dallas Keuchel. Um, you know, stuff like that, okay? So he's going to compete in those three ERA whip categories, Um, and because of the small sample size of relievers, uh, you know, it's not guaranteed that you're going to get good ratios there, but he's going to compete there, uh, but he's going to win strikeouts and uh, strikeouts and and, um, wins Uh, because you only have, let's say, I don't know, four starters or whatever. The point is, Um, I don't have to come up with an example right now, a great example right now of a situation where you don't match up well for my idea to be valid. I just can't think of a great one right now. But let's say you just don't match up well, okay, against this guy. And what you really need is, uh, I don't know, two two more stolen base guys, two more guys that steal 30... You know, a year. So maybe you're going to get two stolen bases out of them to compete, and you need um, a couple more starters uh, because uh, you're going to you're going to use a ton of pitching to get. You know, you're going to win holds like I don't know, seven to nothing. That's a total waste. Okay, just it's just winning one to nothing would be better um, and more efficient. It's not efficient, and you're going to win saves. You know, whatever six nothing, something like that. But you're not going to win in, in strikeouts and and uh, strikeouts and walks. I mean, it's god damn it, strikeouts and uh, wins. Okay, because you don't have uh, enough. So in that situation, with a whole bunch of B B plus guys, you're totally inflexible and you can't match up well against your opponent. Um, and you're just going to do what you do best, uh, regardless of how it compares and and what your uh, production in each category um is in relation to what you're going up against w- which is important it's just like i'm going to mention this a lot it's just like what bill belichick is doing and nobody else is doing in the nfl he is you know sometimes he plays a 3-4 defense sometimes he plays a 4-3 he's got guys who play in different positions you can't do that in fantasy baseball um, that type of flexibility but uh, the, the analogous flexibility um, from, from Belichick and what he does to fantasy baseball um, in, in the fantasy baseball context is having guys that you can drop. All right, So it's not that those uh, guys are flexible um, or can play different positions and have different talents. It's that those positions on your roster are, are, can, can have different talents because uh, they're bad enough to drop. And pick up somebody else who who better matches up against the opponent. And that's and that's what Belichick does. That's what I don't see anyone else doing um, in, in fantasy baseball. It's it's to me it's obvious um, that you know because th- just think about it. You got Andrew Miller, uh, David Robertson, Betances, Araldis Chapman, uh, Kelly Jansen, Edwin Encarnacion, and 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 uh, Zach Britton and. I don't know, somebody else, okay? So some other dominant, uh, you know, Hicks, John Hicks or whatever. You got all those guys, right? They're too good to drop, you can't drop them, but how many are providing value in that particular week to you? If you're winning, those two categories say uh, saves and holds, you know, eight to nothing, seven to nothing, okay? Only one of those guys, in fact, only uh, a part of one of those guys' performance that week, one of those seven or eight guys, is providing you value. Because the rest are providing you um, a, a lopsided win, which counts zero more than a narrow win. Um, so you're not get, that week, you're literally not getting any value, you're getting zero value for an A minus player like um, Andrew Miller. Um, and I know he's hurt or whatever, but you get the idea. Um, and so that week and in other weeks, you're literally getting zero value out of a guy that you think is too valuable to drop. Um, and I wouldn't blame you. I, if I had Andrew Miller, I'd be handcuffed too. So, um, now you sort of get the idea. You're going to have better top talent, um, in that, in that auction, uh, draft, uh, by, you know, quote unquote overpaying, but part of the value, uh, part of the valuation of that 60 bucks um, going to Max Scherzer or Manny Machado or Jose Ramirez or Mookie Betts or I guess Mike Trout is that um, you, you have the rest of your, your roster as is, is, uh, uh, sufficiently not as good as uh, other players such that um, they're droppable and therefore you have roster flexibility that nobody else has that allows you to match up against... Uh, your opponent more efficiently that week and then you're using all the resources um, that are given to you that people waste such as uh, the six picks you get every week or the 100 picks uh, you get for a season Um, so you know keep that in mind that's in my opinion that's doing better working harder and smarter and doing something nobody else is doing uh, therefore giving giving you and putting the odds in your favor um, consistently each week if you have any questions about it or examples about what to do ask me that's it
1: hey this is Dave Desario from Brooklyn New York you know uh, that guy that listens to your podcast so a couple of thoughts on the, your roster flexibility one uh I want to add another positive point about it and that is having the flexibility on the waiver wire to get those players that emerge every year that are a players like two years ago is Aaron Judge or even you know any year you're going to pick up some players that are a minus or maybe even a players particularly starting pitchers who are good uh, like this Mikolos that came out of nowhere or always out of the bullpen like that Sir Anthony Dominguez on the Phillies and those waiver wire guys always come up But I want to challenge you a little bit in saying that uh, what you're saying applies to leagues that have some depth. So we're in a 14-team mixed league together. If someone's AL or NL only or a bigger league, they're not going to have the same quality of replacement player that they can pick up. So plus one minus... They only give you a minute on this (laughs) to leave a message. So that's why I'm going to have to leave multiple messages. I also... I want... 10 to 15% of the credit for this roster flexibility thing because part of it derives from my trade strategy, which I've been telling you over the years, which is, you know, who gets the better player? So if you trade an A- and a B-plus player, but you get an A player back, um, giving up those two good players is worth getting the one that's slightly better because of that flexibility. To, well, one, the added flexibility, but two, the replacement-level players are often good enough. Like in our league, you could add U league Guriel at any point really during the season or someone like that that's going to give you a decent contribution across most categories or who might excel in one or two categories so uh, I think you you can pick the number somewhere between 10 and 15 percent but I appreciate the shout out next time.